Coming live from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, USA, is our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Michael Levy, author, poet, philosopher, and a podcast host, Point of Life. And we'll be talking about so many things about life. He has written author of 17 inspirational books. There is so much to know about him. We'll come to that. We'll be talking about different aspects of life and especially why do bad people succeed and good people fail. That's what a lot of people think. We'll talk about it all. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you, AJ. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for your time. Uh, Michael, you have been a professional optimist. Your life philosophy is one of joyful living 24-7, 365 days. And you are an international radio host and the author, as I said, of 17 inspirational books, not a small thing, as I was saying. And your poetry and essays grab, grace many websites, newspapers, journals, magazines, and throughout the world, and you are a prominent speaker on health and wellness, maintenance, stress eradication, wealth creation and development, authentic happiness, and inspirational poetry. Uh, my first question itself is about what do you mean by authentic happiness? Everybody is trying to be happy. Somebody is whining, dining, and, you know, doing a lot of things. I, I'm sure they are happy, but what do you mean by authentic happiness because those people are also searching for happiness at the same time do you oh. do are they searching for authentic happiness we'll learn yeah. from you well happiness everybody seeks happiness i mean you, <laughs> we come into the world and we want to enjoy our life on earth well happiness usually is derived from things things we do things we buy things we watch on tv for entertainment and we derive happiness in many different aspects in our physical way of living. Now, these are fleeting happinesses. Each side of it, you watch a movie, it's a funny movie, you laugh at it, the movie's over, then you get on with whatever's going on in your life. And that is a happiness that comes and goes. Authentic happiness stays with you 24-7, 365, with the love and joy of an identity which is true. So that type of happiness, we don't have to seek. We inherit it at, earth, at birth. Once we understand that that happiness is innate, it's within us, it's filtering through every cell in our body, it's going through the bloodstream, it's everywhere. You can't, it can't be denied because it's authentic, it's real. It's real while we're living. And that's one type of reality that we are here to accept and enjoy. So authentic happiness isn't actually derived from the things that we think it's derived from. That type of happiness, like I said, is fleeting, comes and it goes. Money, people thrive and try and strive for money all their life. Well, that's okay if you're, that's what you want to do over your life. And if you're getting happiness from it, and that's okay too, but that's not authentic happiness. Authentic happiness is more innate. 
and it's more in tune with nature and it's more in tune with the universe as a whole. Right, Michael. Authentic happiness, fleeting happiness. And a lot of people are running behind fleeting happiness. Why is it so? Most people, so many people across the globe are running behind momentary things. Whereas actually they might be lucky looking for authentic happiness. So fleeting happiness you already talked about. How does one achieve authentic happiness? Does success lead to authentic happiness? And then what is success? Is it money? Is it something else? And is it that if you don't achieve the parameters of success that you have set for yourself or the society has set for a lot of people or for everybody else, then how does it work that you don't succeed there, but you are still happy? You are authentically happy. I'm asking so many questions at the same time so that you can answer it at the at your own pace. Absolutely. Well, like we said, fleeting happiness comes from the things that we crave, basically. So if we crave money and the success that money brings us, and that's one form of success, but it's not the true definition of success either. Success means living joyfully, living in good health throughout your life, and having enough money to sustain yourself in comfort. That's on the physical side of looking at this authentic happiness. The side that we see mainly that people are striving for, are striving it through it through their identity of who they deem themselves to be. Now, this identity that we're all kind of conditioned with builds from being a baby, it builds from going to school, it builds from our education and knowledge, and then we have a career, and all the time we're building on this concept of an idea of who we think we are. But that idea actually flounders so many times in the life and is filled with anxiety, worry, and lots of negativities that will take away fleeting happiness. That's why it's fleeting. So authentic happiness is derived from love and joy. Now, love and joy isn't happiness, but happiness is one of the tail ends of it that we live physically. What we get within the love and joy is an authentic identity. That identity is eternal and infinite. It can't be destroyed because it's energy and it has intelligence. Once we understand that we are within the realms of that intelligent energy and we can accept it as our true identity, then we can go back to the role plays, role plays that we play each day in our lives with this conditioning that we all have. We all have an ego. We all have uh, an ego that has an intellect. So it's the intellect and the ego where people are seeking all this happiness. But the ego and the intellect will never find authentic happiness because it can't be described intellectually. And all the intellect knows is intellect. But then if it starts to seek wisdom and truth, 
then once it understands that, then it can start to become a server. And then it serves a purpose. It serves wisdom, it serves truth, and it serves its own intelligence. Then we can live on Earth as human beings together without any strife, without any worry, and most of all, without any division. We all see ourselves as one in our own unique way. So we're all different in our own unique way, but the same. Unique, different, and the same at the same time. Our uniqueness and our difference is the role plays we're playing. And if we're doing that so that we can serve that purpose and help other people achieve what they want to achieve in life, then life it becomes totally enchanting. And we live this enchanted life 24-7, 365, again, for a fleeting time. Happiness is fleeting in the physical, so we're fleeting too. If you live to be 100, it's only fleeting, it's a blink. In cosmic terms, we're not even a fraction of a second in the way the universe has been formed. So we're here for such a brief, brief moment in time that the moments that we're gifted, the moments that we have each and every day that we wake up, and even when we're sleeping, those moments should not be detached from the truth of who we are. And then you are authentic. But once you detach from that, then you live with this fleeting happiness. And that will never bring anybody any lasting joy or love because it's not part of that parcel. Right, Michael. So, if as per you, and I also agree to that, that the universe, we are just a fleeting moment in time. Our creation is just a fleeting moment in time. And so, is it something wrong when people want to make the best of it? They say you live only once. Youngsters have a word for it called YOLO. You live only once. Earlier also, many people used to believe it. But yes, life was moving still at a pace that you wanted to savor the moments that uh, went by. But now there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. No, That is the whole point of what we're talking about. It's the point of life. That because it's so fleeting, because those moments, we should make the very, very best of it. But you can't do that if you're only doing it through the ego eyes of how it's living and its intellect. It's impossible. It's totally impossible. And that's why people come under stress. Now, stress is going to take any form of happiness away. Now, people try and meditate. They use meditation as a way of relieving stress. And meditation is good for relaxation, but it'll never rid stress. What it'll do, it'll manage the stress. But if a person goes into a meditative state for half an hour and they go into a state of Zen nothingness, who is waiting for them when they come out of that Zen state? Why? It's the person that was stressed up before who needed to go in that Zen state. Of, and eventually that stress overwhelms them again. So you're to and fro in going into meditation when you should be living in meditation 24-7, 365. That's not something you need to go into it's what you're living or every moment that you're on earth. Because meditation is just clearing your mind and being able to receive and accept 
the creativity of who and what you are. And when you detach from the, the stress monger within us and understand it, then you can absolutely eradicate, eradicate stress throughout your life. No one needs to suffer stress. We bring it on ourselves. So, yeah, the role plays that we're doing, we should make the best of every moment in life. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with it. Is there anything wrong with being a billionaire? Absolutely nothing wrong with it. If that's what the person wants to do, provided every moment that he's doing that is living in a state of love and joy. But if he's not doing that and he's just craving money for greed purposes, then it's a pointless life. There is no point to it whatsoever. They can have all the mega yachts, the mega homes, everything that people try and crave for. But those are only fleeting happinesses. And once they get one thing, they're only back onto another thing. They forget about what they just got. They got back onto something else. So where's the permanence in that? There's no permanence in it. But when you're permanent as you're living your life here in a permanent state of being, then your doing takes on incredible ideas, incredible creativity. I wasn't always talking like this. When I was back in Manchester, England, I was a businessman. I formed my own businesses, started at 19, and I built up into a large corporation. And I've always done well in the stock market. But when I came to America, I wanted to find out why. Why me? How did I get here? And what's the purpose? What am I doing? And But all the time I was doing it, I was living what I'm saying. I've never been detached from that love and joy. I was born that same way. I just needed to find it. So for me, it was, I won't say it was easy. But it was a research. I researched myself for six years, looked up to the heavens, then asked questions about myself and continued to ask questions. Nothing that I'm saying has come from any other book. I don't read books. I've written 17, but it's all authentic from me, from the universe that's fed me. So it's not coming from other people. Now, I might quote other people within the books to use it as a reference, but the ideas that come through from me is no different than the ideas that came through all the great thinkers of the past. We've all been on the same path. We're not, it's fed for everybody. Nobody needs to say, I can't get into that. We're all born with the genius within us. And that genius will take us through our lives in a total state of joy. Now, how do we know if we're being fed nonsense by the ego? How do we know we're not kidding ourselves? Well, it's simple. Results will always speak for themselves. Whatever results we're getting in our life, are we keeping healthy and we're not taking any medications as we age? Are we youthfully aging? Because everybody ages. Are we enjoying the moments as we should? Or are we being distracted by negative ideas and emotions, all which are uh, illusionary? None are real, because they're only attached to our ego and our intellect. Certainly can't attach to our intelligence, because it certainly isn't intelligence to worry. No intelligent being worries. Only people who've got an intellect will worry, because they've got the education and have learned how to worry. But other animals, trees don't worry. The ocean doesn't worry. So why should we human beings worry? Right, Michael, right. So you talked about intellect, but you see a lot many people who are educated, high IQ, 
EQ, we don't know. Society brands them at intelligent achievers. And they know that there is a authentic life available. Authentic happiness available. And still they all wear towards fleeting happiness. You go to a shop, why would you buy something fake? You would go for the real. Then why is it that not only successful intellectual and full of of intellect, they still go and keep on buying fleeting happiness and keep on selling fleeting happiness all across the world? Why is human being who is so full of intelligence, intellect, and once was filled with humanity and empathy, suddenly lost it all, almost to the verge of extinction, and not knowing themselves, what are they they here for? Just like you were intelligent enough to realize it in, in time, why is it taking so long for others to see this template when they still have lots of time in it. Well, when, when once you're locked into knowledge, knowledge can be a blessing or a curse. And okay. intellect and intelligence are very close stable mates because they both live inside our head. But one is a hacker, the other one is a thoroughbred. Our intelligence is thorough. It's thoroughly bred within us. I never used that phrase ever before. It's the first time it's coming to my head. Thoroughly bred within us. Thoroughbred. I've used the word thoroughbred before. That saying I've said before many times. But I've never used that word ever before. That's just dropped into my head. And it's a good connection to what I'm speaking. See, that's how the creativity of the brain works. It drops in the ideas drop by drop. It's like a little drop coming in. And it's been done just now on your show. So it's just showing you how new ideas expand themselves all the time. Now, people have got the education. Not everybody that's highly intellectual, not everybody, not, not, not all of them, I can't say they don't use their intelligence. Intelligence is coming in and out of our heads all the time. So there's specks of intelligence being used all the time. And there's specks of truth being used all the time. But it isn't as a whole. It isn't as it was meant to be. All religions are based on truth. Yet, if it was totally based on truth, there would never have been any holy wars. But millions of people have been killed because of a religion and a different religion fighting each other. So that's where the intellect comes in to say, you know what, mine's better than yours. Our God's better than your God. So we'll clash with it. When politics is the same, religion and politics are two of the main things that human beings live with, these intellectual brains. So people want to become politicians. And what do they do? Can you name one world leader today that you really respect and say, this world leader is absolutely fantastic. It's going to change the world in the way we're focusing on it. So it's not working that way. So if it's not working that way, and we are heading for extinction, the way we're ruining the planet and many things that are going on within it, and people threatening nuclear wars for, I mean, insane reasons. So if these things are going on now, and they've always gone on in the past, it's nothing new today. Right. It's just that we've got bigger weapons and more things to threaten people with. And all the marketing that's going on, that you mentioned, 
we're all trying to we're all trying to be brainwashed with this marketing that is coming in 24 7 365 everywhere on your you turn on your computer you hit with loads of different marketing things spams coming into your email so people think well you know we've got to contact people to sell stuff well they're not all they're going to do is annoy people with it and eventually it will defeat their own object because people will get so sick and tired of it no one's going to be listening to any of that advertising so all this google advertising and all that kind of stuff will eventually all fade away because everybody will be sick of it they don't want any more of it bad enough so there are turning points in humanity but unfortunately it usually takes a major devastation to make it change on a global scale and if that happens then people might start to say how did all this go come about can we just anyone that's left obviously can we get back to being more authentic that word comes back in again you can't escape it authenticity is the only way humans can get together and live with the truth the wisdom and the intelligence that the universe has fed us every single cell in our body and in our head every single cell everywhere within us is a universe within itself trillions of atoms molecules all working together all celebrating our life on earth and what do we do we eat the wrong foods we drink the wrong drinks we take the wrong drugs and we start to poison our own system our own universe and we're killing the good guys inside us and we're giving more strength to the bad guys so we die too young so if we can't look after our own bodies and our minds and most doctors can't you go to a doctor and they so if they all those people can't do it for themselves what chance has a patient got so it's um, it's upon us to understand and start to live and by example because i know i can't change the world i can't even change one person and the way my books are written no intellectual people person will ever read it i understand that that's why i wrote them the way i wrote them because i want to challenge the reader to start to look for themselves and to find that authenticity they might get bits of it they might get certain fleeting moments of it but then it evades them again i want them to understand you don't have to live that way you can be authentic 24/7 365 once you start to really understand those two words you need to it's the word joy which stands for just obey yourself the invisible self that doesn't get any labels and the love that it entails and love doesn't need any description because it's throughout the whole of the universe you can't do anything create anything without love attached to it everybody that creates an artist musician they love what they're doing and they couldn't create it that's part again of our being so what i'm talking about basically most people are really really good people most people are kind the whole human nature that not everybody has got a kind nature so you can see the good in everybody apart from a few that might have gone insane and if you look at people in the same way as you understand yourself then there is no good and bad there is no good people and bad people succeeding you think good uh, bad people are gaining popularity in politics or they become uh, mega wealthy and they're nasty to other people well that's another imposter bad and good don't exist 
a praise or an insult is the same imposter. If you give room in your head to either of those two ideas, then that duality will take you on a not so merry go round. You won't be happy if you start looking at life in good and bad terms. If somebody has made a lot of money and you deem them to be a bad person, you can have that type of an opinion. Well, it means they're suffering and they've got to take their suffering out on other people. They've got no self-worth, otherwise they can't act in a bad way. If you, anybody's got real self-worth, can't harm anybody else. They can't harm an ant. They can't harm any creature because they've got self-worth about themselves. But once you lose that self-worth and self-respect of what you are, then you can go bad-mouthing and doing all kinds of things that we deem as bad. And then you look at some of the, what you would call a good person on the surface, but underneath that, they might be suffering anxiety, fears, and all the other stuff. So they might be looking as though they're doing good, but they're suffering themselves and they die too young because they died from the stress. And a lot of good people that have been around who have done good, written good books, a lot of them have died too young and they've died of the disease that they shouldn't have got because proof of it is they came under stress. So again, like we said earlier, results will always speak for themselves. The results we're getting out of our life, we can set by example of just living it. Now, if people want to say, hey, that guy seems to know what he's doing. He's living in a good way. And he seems to be saying stuff that seems to make sense. So maybe I can start to research for myself how I can do it for myself. And that's all I am, all my books will ever do for anybody. It'll help them to research for themselves. I won't tell anybody what to do in any of my books. It help, it'll open a door. I can lead them to that doorway, but they must walk through the doorway on their own. And when they get through that doorway, they'll say they're not on their own. They've got a mentor above that will guide them the whole way through whatever they're seeking in that door. And that in that room that they're going to go into, it's filled with the treasures of the universe. And it's all there for us to enjoy and never to endure, never to endure a moment of living this precious life that we have on earth. And each precious moment should be lived. And I've got a little poem I've kind of picked out for today because when I was talking about meditation and somebody's waiting for you at the end of it, as you come out, which is yourself, is going to give you more stress. Well, there's an invitation to magic. And this comes from a book called Soul Upon Inspirational Poetry. So, in the symphonies of life, if the symphonies of life are conducted by stress, our worries will be carved in stone. Sour notes will perform at a derelict address. A lifetime will pass by with no time to atone. If we only live with our singular truth, senses dim in forlorn, desolate logic. Veracity tells lies in misspent youth, absence of the celestial transmitted magic. An invitation is sent for a magical ball. The soul accepts, travels 
to the magnificent hall. Let feasts begin. Enter the wizard's magical bouquet, spiritual dance. Rhythms of the mystical minuet. Joy waltzes out of the blue, captivated by a luminous sight. Sparkling ideas alight, minds accommodate gardens of delight. So once our soul enters the body and once we become alive on earth, then we're invited to this magical ball. And the magical ball is earth. Earth is a magical ball. And we're living on this magical ball on earth. And we don't need desolate logic coming from our intellect to take us away into the pit of worry and into the imprisonment and enslavement of a mind that is conditioned. We don't need to live that way. We have a choice and the choice is given to us at birth. And if we have wise parents, they will lead us along the right path. And if not, then we have to find it at some point in our lives. Right, Michael. Right. Uh, The poem was wonderful. You have put things very, very well. Now, help us understand one thing. We are born, as you said, the soul enters our body. So there is the soul. Then there is that mind. There, There is the subconscious. And all three are there to guide us. But why is it that we still move towards things so fleeting and not understanding ourselves that you got only one life is right. But how to live that life in the right manner is something those thoughts, when they come to your mind, must be honored. So why are is it that for some people, these thoughts just come as fleetingly as our life is? And for some people... It comes with that wisdom, with that knowledge to understand what actually authentic happiness is. So my question is that, are we slave to our thoughts or do we choose our thoughts or our thoughts choose us? How does it work in the backdrop of existence of subconscious mind and soul? Very good. Very good. Do we choose our thoughts or the thoughts choose us? Yes. Well, first of all, the word mind has a kind of a double meaning to it. We use mind to describe the brain. Well, the actual truth within the mind is the mind is universal. It isn't local. So if we understand um, the mind itself is part of and parcel of every living entity on Earth, and everything else that's out on the universe. That's the mind. Now, we have a brain, and the brain has a subconscious to it. The subconscious works mainly when we're sleeping, but it interferes during the day too. And within that subconscious mind, that's basically where all the treasures are kept. And also the memories. Now, memories might not be very treasurable. Some people might have some very bad disasters in their life. You know, there's been a 
hurricane hit in Florida on the other side of the coast, and a lot of people have lost their homes. So events happen in life. Devastations happen everywhere. And they're going to continue to be like that. But the fact is, are you going to succumb to those devastations and are they going to make you miserable? Which means the devastations run over you. Or if somebody is insulting you and is a bully, are you going to let the bully bully your brain? Are you going to stand up to it and say, you know what? I'm here on earth to enjoy this entity, no matter what anybody does to me, or no matter what events are going to happen, or no matter what is going to be going on around me, it can't possibly interfere with that love and joy because it's basically bubble-wrapped. It's bubble-wrapped by a creator-evolver that understands the root. We're nothing. We're grains of sand. But this intelligent entity with energy that we've given, this big eye in the sky, the big intelligence, feeds us little ones, the little intelligence that we hold. And if we live to be a million years of age, we'll never grasp the entity, the massiveness of what all this entails. It's totally beyond our intellectual concept of it. But the fact within ourselves that we can have a slight understanding of it and the slight understanding that we have, we can pass a little bit of that information on to other people so they can gain that connection because we're connected now. You're in India, I'm in America, but we're connected through magnetic wave bands. The magnetic wave bands are in the universe. They've always been in the universe. Humans didn't invent magnetic wave bands. Right. We discovered them. So if that communication that we've got now can be extended to that universal mind, to our local mind and into our brain, then as we start to develop those creative ideas, then there's no room in there for the devastations to enter. They're there. We can see them. We can sense them with our five senses but the sixth sense overcomes them. And like I said earlier, I've said it three times now, results will always speak for themselves. So are we choosing our thoughts or are our thoughts choosing us? Well, what results are we getting? Where are we getting our thoughts from? Are the thoughts coming from the books that we've read, from our education and from other people's ideas, which some of them could be good? Are they coming from other people who want to wind us up, make us angry, and we fall for their tricks. So are we in control when we're angry? Are we in control when we're fearful? Are we in control when we're jealous? No, we've lost control there. There's no control over that. Because if I ask a room of people, do you choose your thoughts? And a lot of people say, yes, we're actually my thoughts. I say, who worries? Do any of you worry? Oh, yes, we all worry. Well, if you're worrying, why are you choosing worry? Why not choose joy? Because joy is what you are. Just about yourself. So the proof is, if you're now living with creative thoughts, living with joyful ideas, and you see through the mist of devastation that surrounds you, 
whatever it's going to be. And everybody will face that in the life. So, yeah, if you're on a cruise ship and you're sailing along, who can't be happy when you're doing that? It's, it's simple, right? But when the devastations come, can you still really enjoy those moments in the same way? And the answer is yes. In the non-physical sense of what we are as beings, not doings, then as the being, you can enjoy it. You can enjoy everything that's going on. The devastations will take care of themselves and you'll deal with those devastations in a more authentic manner because you're doing it from an authentic source. So if, if you've got a relative and they're dying in hospital bed and you go in with all the worry and anxiety on your face, well, they can see it and you're going to make them worse. Do you really want them to feel worse? But if you go in a joyful state of mind, which is true and authentic within yourself, filled with that authentic happiness on the outside of it, then that lifts their spirit. And you know what? That can make them back to health. It can help them recover. Help them recover faster from the ailments that they've got. But people give up too soon. Don't give up on your life until you breathe your last breath. Whatever you're doing, there's always the chance that you can atone from that derelict address that you've enslaved your brain in and find that universal mind that is eternal that will bring you back your body into the joyful state it needs to be in so it can repair the damage that's inside it. So those cells within us will respond to joy. They'll respond to authentic happiness, but they won't respond to fake happiness. They won't respond to things and stuff like that because people get too excited when they get things and that gives you a different type of stress. So people think good if you're getting a lot of stuff. Well, that's only going to bring more stress for a lot. If somebody wins the lottery, it can give them a heart attack and kill them. So, you know, that's supposed to be good, winning the lottery and a lot of money, right? But no, it might not do a lot. Of, some people are any good. And a lot of people that do win it, it might put them on a more decadent way of eating, a different decadent lifestyle, and it could shorten the life by five or ten years. If they hadn't won that money, well, they wouldn't have indulged decadently. doesn't mean to say you can't have tastes of anything in life. The first taste, though, is the banquet. Whatever we taste in life, if your main diet, um, food-wise, is a healthier diet, and most people know what healthier diets are today, don't have to go into that. So, well, occasionally you can have go off it a little bit, here, there, occasionally, for a taste. But as long as you get back to the authenticity of knowing what your body requires, rather than being a slave to what your taste buds require. Again, another form of slavery that we put ourselves under because we think we're choosing our thoughts. Taste buds have already been programmed to accept certain tastes, high sugar, high salt, high fats. So they've already been accustomed to that, and that's what they're craving. But once you step back from that and re-educate your taste buds, then, hallelujah, you start to live, again, more healthily within yourself. So these are the way you can do it physically. But the physical side of doing it is only 5% of the equation. I mean, you've spoke to a lot of people, a lot of experts, a lot of people that come along. But you know yourself how many of those people are authentic within themselves and are being totally genuine to the lifestyle that they're living. And if you're not living it 24-7, 365, then you're not choosing your thoughts. That's your result. That's how you get the understanding of it. 
If you're not in that love and joy state, 24 7, 365, then whatever's come along, whatever imposters come into your head, take you away from it, a worry or an anxiety, then it's knocked you back solely into your physical state of being, not your non physical state of being. And then you're now in the doing state of doing what you need to do from only from the physical rather than doing it from the metaphysical state of what we are. And then you can do your doing. So you, what actions you take, the doing, what actions you take, if it comes from the metaphysical part of our mind, which is universal, then we end up with fantastic results. You can't, it cannot go wrong with this. This has not been planned by me. It's been planned by a master, master architect of the whole of the universe. And why should we not listen to that? Why ignore it? Because we want to evict ourselves from paradise like Adam and Eve did. What did they do? The bit from the tree of knowledge. And once you've got that knowledge in your head, it's a good analogy. Whether it's true or not, it's another matter. But once you bite into knowledge, you think you're bigger than God, then you'll suffer the consequences for that. Right, Michael. So the master architect uh, planned it all. And if I, if I understand correctly, you believe this. Do you? No, I don't believe it. And not one little bit. The word belief has got three little letters in the middle, L-I-E. I don't believe in any belief. No belief. I believe... I believe and I believe and I believe and I can say that all day long but there's a truth now is it true that this master architect did it all I haven't got the faintest idea or was it an incident many all people, believe, is, all, many all people say yeah. it's, it's an incident it's an accident and it's no plan and that is why we got only one life let's live it to the fullest and as I said Everybody decides or defines life uh, in their own manner. Nobody knows exactly if there is a particular way uh, that life has been defined. What exactly life? That is why this whole term called purpose. Life purpose. Here's the answer to that. You're walking along a path in life. We all walk along a path in life, right? Now, people say, is life destined? This master architect, right? Was it all planned? And the answer is yes, it's all planned for us. If you take the right path. So as you're walking along the path, there's signposts everywhere. If you're astute with your intelligence to see the signs and the opportunities that are opening up for you, then you're following the architect's plan. But if you're going down your own route, which has got no ending to it and it hasn't been planned, and you want to try and plan it for yourself, then you're going to stumble and it's all by chance, like you said. Then it is by chance. So, yes, these atheists who live by that, and for them it's by chance. Well, that's the way they want to live their life. And I know lots of atheists, a lot of people follow me who are atheists. That's fine. If they're getting the results that they want out of that, by chance. But if you use the word by chance, if you use the word religion, if you use the word God or soul, it's all the same. It's all the same intelligence that feeds it. You can't get away from that intelligence. So it's feeding it all the time. Now, if you want to go hungry and you don't want to participate and partake of that intelligence and you want to starve yourself of it, then you'll get the results from that. So whatever results you're getting, it'll tell you whether you're following the master's plan. And there is a master plan out there 
Of that, I have no doubt. It depends which path you're going to go on, whether you're going to follow that path or not. And it's dividing up all the time. It's completely dividing up and dividing up and dividing up every moment we're on Earth. So another branch is coming here, another branch is coming there, and it's sprouting here, it's sprouting there. So it can become very, very complex if you delve too deeply into it. That's why I've only written 17 books, not 1,700 books, because I could easily write 1,700 books. But you can only take a person so far along a certain way of thinking before they'll go through that door and find the pathways for themselves. But if you're not getting the results, then you're not following the master script and you're not being fed the correct thoughts that you need to be indulging in so they can expand your vocabulary of thought. And once you ex expand your vocabulary of thought, then you're bringing new ideas out all the time here on Earth. So you're bringing new expressions out for the people to understand. And that's part of our creativity. And that's how we know they are. So there's millions of people out there doing that at this moment in time. And they've all got this universal mindset and they're doing it. But can they do it 24-7, 365? Well, it's not for me to answer that. It's for them to answer it. And when you ask it to me, do I believe in the master architect? Well, like I said, belief doesn't come into my life. It's not, it's not part of what who I am. The entity that hasn't got any labels attached to it doesn't have any beliefs. Can't have any beliefs because it doesn't need them. It knows what it is. It's pure intelligence. It's pure truth. It's pure wisdom. And we're pure as that. That is who we are. We're in lockstep with that. And nothing can affect it. Fire can't burn it. Water can't drown it. It has a life of its own. And it's an eternal life. And it hasn't got any thoughts attached to it. That's the whole part of it. It's a pure meditative state of being. And it's in this love and joy state. And you can never get out of it. You'll always be in it while you're living on Earth. You might not accept it. You might not recognize it. But you'll always be in it. And you'll be in it before you were born. And you'll be in it when you've gone over to the other side. Right, Michael. Right. So this brings to one more question. Probably my last question. But slightly longish one. It will include a couple of things. So the master creation of the master architect, that's humans, humanity. We have come from intelligence, human intelligence, to artificial intelligence. And at this point, from wherever we are, whether we are on the right path or we have already taken the wrong turn, wherever we are, the fact is that there are so many examples that good people see that bad people, so-called bad people are succeeding and good people are failing. Either in terms of leadership, so you've got so many examples across the world, either in offices, either in society, businesses, everywhere. So the whole message about the whole concept of humanity, it's becoming quite blurred for a lot of people and especially with so much of technology coming in for the younger generation. So at this point in time, what would you say to this understanding? Because if this continues, then it means we have already taken the wrong turn that bad people succeed 
and good people fail. So then the good will not remain good anymore. Then it will be all darkness everywhere. How do you see this? How do you see the future of humanity? Is there a chance? Or have we already taken the turn towards the disaster? Well, that's a good question. The thing is, there's no such thing as artificial intelligence. That's number one. Intelligence can never, ever, 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 ever be artificial. If it does, it's no longer intelligence. Now, if you called it artificial intellect, then you would use the right word. But intellects won't use that word for us artificial because they'd hate to see themselves as being artificial. So immediately, these people who have got this type of power in high tech and in other places, who are the controllers, basically, of media and other things, are using words not in the context of the true meaning of what those words mean. I mean, you can have an advert on television and it'll say, the joy of drinking the soda. Soda. Because you got no joy from drinking a soda. You might have a taste from it, but it's full of chemicals and stuff that's going to kill you early. So it's not a good drink to be drinking, but you're using the word joy for it. So they distorted the words. A lot of words are brainwashed into people today growing up into this high-tech world. So I've noticed, I've been writing, I've basically I've retired 30 years ago from the business world. But I've very distinctly noticed over the past 20 years a very distinct move downwards in the way human beings are thinking. And even the older ones too, a lot of them. They don't want to spend their time finding out the truth, they'd rather live with the belief of it. They'd rather live with the lies and suffer those consequences of those lies until they pop off. Well, that's the choice that they're making. And it's a wasted life on earth, but they're going to still do it. Some will go too soon. One or two will live in their old age, into the hundreds. And some are doing it authentically. Some have found the secret of doing it in the truest sense of the world. So they've managed to go down those paths and they found those paths that the, the master architect has built for them. Most of them have one thing in common. They're very simple-minded. They're not greedy. They're kind. They do things in a way that logic and reason def can't define. They do it because of the goodness of the heart. And those people are doing that through that authenticity that we're talking about. So is there any hope for humanity? Well, there's always hope, no matter what humanity does. And if humanity, and there is no good and bad, like I said earlier, Bad people in charge of politics might blow up the world and might destroy all of humanity. Is that a bad thing to happen? No, there is no bad and good. We just develop back to what we were before we were born. No one lived forever anyway. We're all going to die. So why bother and worry about things that we have no control of whatsoever? It's... No, it's a dichotomy. You don't even need to go down that path if you don't want to.
right right michael you see amidst all the air of despondency the master creator the master architect has also sent a master like you who has written 17 inspirational books for people to be inspired from to learn about things you also write essays you also write poetry one you just shared a wonderful one tell us about your books about your essays about your poetry where people can find them and also how people can connect with you uh, for you know for whatever they can to understand things better you have also you have shared in this podcast but then this is only bound by you know, time and space it's only okay. got an hour not beyond that but to more they have to come to the master writer the master poet and the master essay writer Thank you. How does that happen? So first about your books, essays, and then how do they connect with? Well, you? my website is pointoflife.com. That's the main way people can contact me. There's a form on there. Uh, I'm available for doing shows like this and talking to people. The books I would recommend: um, Cutting Truths. That's Cutting Truths. Is one I would definitely recommend for people who. already seeking the ones that I want to start to seek I would say the joys of live alchemy is a great place to start and people that are interested in the health there's a great book called my my wife and I wrote together Margaret it's called well 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 eat well think well live well those three books basically I would say would be a good point for people but the thing is each book or well, if you just took cutting truths it it'll take you at least 50 days to read it it's 50 essays in it and you should only read one essay a day and then you can highlight the pages that you want to go back to and then slowly go through there and find what you need to understand and keep going over it and over it until the penny drops and the light goes on and that door opens for you to walk through and it will do if you keep on with it so those three books are a good recommendation people i've never advertised and i've never used pr so it's something i've vowed never to do and i never will convince anybody that they should be reading those books only do it if you want to take the journey of your own life and if you want to take that journey and want to find out how you can make your future turn from what you've got now to what it needs to be then it's there for you now if you're satisfied with what you've got now you don't need to do anything and um if you want i can always end in a poem which is always good to uh, i don't know which and this i'm not picked out i'll just kind of flick through and uh here i go the joys of blue we live in a field of dreams and thought treasures on earth but cannot be bought flights of exaltation on wings of height waves of joy giving strength and might unforgettable bliss no want of need motions drifting away from human greed forever young an endless mystical clock blue band waves sail to a timeless flock 
In her open aura shines a galaxy of light. Mona Lisa's smile cascades from spirit's sight. Sparks of brilliance from invisible rays. Saps of white light, vessels all ablaze. Newborn babies, sensations of pure delight. Innocence and peace, joy the devil cannot fight. Thoughts of joy, keep peace in control. Loving gifts reside in the eternal exotic soul. And that's where we reside. We live on earth through our exotic soul. We were in it before we were born. If you will be in it when we go over the other side, and if you want to know what the soul means, then go on the journey of your own life and start to research it. Because there's a zillion definitions of it. And once you find the truth within it, you can throw all those definitions out the window. And you don't need a label for it. You don't even need, you don't even need the word soul. You are what you are. You will be what you will be. And you enjoy every moment on earth in a state of love and joy. That's your way to live. And if you're not doing it now, then you can. That's what this show's all about. And this is what AJ brings to people. And they very kindly, thank you very much for having you on the show. You're doing a blessing for humanity, just doing these shows. Whoever sees it, if only one person sees it, then it's one person that you've touched. Thank you. Thank you. And all I can say is that if our lives are only a fleeting moment in time, I have enjoyed this small moment out of that fleeting moment, and it will be for there for a long, long time with me. Maybe forever, as long as I am on this earth. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation, sir. Thank you. It's been a pleasure with to this, be With this, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much once again. Thank you.